Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Candyland. Polly's here from Vegas. Well, back home now. <laughs> yes. So we are moving right through season three. We're going to have a surprise guest. We are recording with them in a couple weeks. And this isn't going to be the norm, but this guest in particular has a lot of valuable things to bring to the table and it's really cool because I just feel like there's so much synchronicity with this guest so I'm looking forward to having them on the podcast yeah and it's somebody who like I don't know personally that that you know that I have followed and I've kind of seen their journey a little bit and so I'm really excited to get to meet them and talk to them and learn about them I know. I'm really looking forward to it. I feel like in the podcast, we have done a lot of different waves of stuff, whether it was like in the beginning, we thought it would be geared towards guests. But the thing that I love the most about our podcast is so many people will say that when they turn on our podcast, it doesn't feel forced it's in flow. They feel like they're actually in the room having a conversation with us. And I think that's such a beautiful compliment because I know that as a creator, it's easy to be like, well, I did that first, or I feel like they're taking my idea. But the thing is, is like, if you do it well and you do it right, no other person can mimic that. And I think that that's why we want to continue switching things up so that we don't get boxed in with our podcast. Well, you know, we've talked about it before, but we're constantly evolving things that we're doing, how we do our content, how we show up for ourselves. Um, and the way that we are evolving our brand too. So the podcast reflecting that just makes so much sense. And I think it helps people so much to not feel like they're stuck in this, like, what is it, a linear cycle where it just is completely the same over and over and over again. It doesn't feel like Groundhog's Day. We're like, mm, told you we were doing this, but actually we're going to be switching it up and doing this. Said we weren't going to have guests on, but guess what? We're evolving and making an exception. And I feel like as you grow, the dynamic of your brand or your offerings should also continuously grow. Like no one's going to want to subscribe to your content if you're just regurgitating things that they've seen 20 other places. And I know here recently, the universe has really been testing um, just kind of my patience when it comes to certain situations. And I feel like that pouring into this brand and into our own cups has helped them overflow into the community that we've created with the full moon circles and different stuff like that. We're all here having a collective experience. So don't let the fact that someone else is doing something discourage you from trying it, but know when to say, no, that's not for me, or no, that doesn't really fit. Because here lately, I've been seeing a lot of people do stuff that's just, it doesn't work and it doesn't fit. And it's almost like a train wreck. Like you have to watch it because it's a hot fucking mess, but you can tell their heart isn't in it. You can tell that their um, confidence isn't in it. And it's painful when I see people trying to fit into a box that's not their box. I also think too that people can get so focused on that I have to be different. And so, yes, if you see somebody doing something that you're like, wow, I love that. Like, I'd like to give that a try, but they're already doing it. You're going to come at it with your own spice and your own flavor anyways. So stopping yourself from going in a direction that you want to go in simply because somebody else is already doing that. We wouldn't have started a podcast if we were like, oh, but you know, other people that are inspirations to us have podcasts. We just 
have to figure out our own unique niche with it. And when you go into things, not going, well, I have to find out the way that like, I'm going to be unique about it. And you just go in the way that you are led to do it. You end up finding your own uniqueness and your own creative passion ends up being able to flow through because you're not overthinking um, or over criticizing yourself. And most of the time when you're asking people for like advice or permission, or you're looking around for other people to lead you in a direction, you're going to be doing something that your heart's not really in. And my favorite thing is like, oh, well, they have a podcast and it seems to be working for them. So I'm going to start a podcast. And then you start putting in the work and you can tell in your voice, in your actions, in your demeanor, that like your heart's not into it. And that's what sets aside the creatives, the artists, the musicians, the models, whatever it is that actually succeed. No, they may not be the prettiest or most talented person, but they're the one putting in work. They're the one staying consistent. They're the one doing what they want to do and how they want to do it. And here lately, I know the universe has been putting in a lot of like triggers, like, oh, it doesn't upset you that this person literally took your whole brand and is running with it. No, not really, because at the end of the day, like that person's not going to get very far basing their entire identity or brand on something stolen or something foreign outside of them. The people that are most successful are not the ones that are the most talented or have the most money, though they're the ones that just stay consistent and just go for it. And I think that's what the podcast is for me is like it's something that we didn't know how it would evolve but instead of boxing it in we've just gradually let it develop its own personality which it feels really good to hear people say like I really feel like I'm in the room with you all like you create a safe space that is inviting and welcoming you know there's sometimes you listen to stuff or you hear something online and it sticks with you and that's what I want this podcast to be. I agree with you. And I love, we get group messages from people too, who will send us like group messages on Facebook or I'll send us like texts or something like that. And just be like, wow, this episode this week, like this is what I'm taking out of it. We had somebody who, um, shout out Melissa literally sent us pictures of her notebook, writing down notes that she had from an episode that we did and was like, wow, I really do need to work on like my boundaries and expectations of those around me. And these are all of the nuggets that I'm taking away from you. And somebody uh, tagged us in an Instagram story recently. And it said um, something like I was listening to the new episode of Lollipop and Gemini said, um, nobody's going to run game the way that we run it or something. She's like, and that just stuck with me. And it's so interesting, I think, for both of us to see what you guys take out of the episodes, because we just talk to each other back and forth. Like, these are conversations that you and I have behind the scenes just naturally. And then for other people to take little nuggets out of it, I'm always like, oh, that's what stuck with you out of that. Okay, interesting. My favorite about the notebook is when she sent the notebook paper, I zoomed in and she quoted real G's move in silence. And I literally got that from a little Wayne song. He says real G's move in silence like lasagna. And it just, it's a little Wayne lyric, but it is definitely in the 10 commandments of life because you never see the person who really has it going on needing to tell everyone. It's people like Elon Musk who like have it all, but still need to be in your face because they're miserable. Like those are the people you need to look at and take notes from. They have accumulated more wealth than anyone on this continent or on this fucking planet. And they are still so old, so miserable, and so just toxic. Nothing about what you have is going to change who you are on a true level. And being a G means that you stick to the code and you don't need to go out and tell everyone the fucking code. You keep it low and you work with what you have and you build from where you are. And to me, a lot of people could take note on that. Because no one cares what you're wearing, what you paid for it, what you're doing, et cetera. If your impact does not withstand your persona, 
you're going to fade out. I mean, look at the artists that come in and out of Hollywood and they will be relevant for a swift 30 minutes. And then after that, who the fuck is that? You know what I mean? It's kind of like that song. <laughs> and this is so funny because you would have to be in this age group to know what it is, but that beautiful girls song by Sean Kingston, everybody knows Your that way to beautiful girl. Yeah. Everyone knows that song, but where the fuck is Sean Kingston? You know what I mean? Like he had a minor impact in an era where it's like, yeah, you know that one thing he did, but what does he do now? He could have li literally donated his liver and did a kidney transplant and saved someone. You wouldn't know because people fit the narrative for a short amount of time before you forget about them. Mm -hmm. And I think the one important thing that I want is I want to be like a household name that like down the road, you're still understanding or still processing something that we said on the podcast, or you're still applying that information. I don't want to be like the current event list that just regurgitates what's important, what we are supposed to be thinking about, and then move on because you're going to easily forget about it. It's just going to go in one ear and out the other. And that's what I see when people are making music or content or a podcast and their heart isn't in it, you can tell. It's so fucking forced. It's cringy to watch. It's painful to sit through. You can see that on people who are being interviewed who have never been interviewed before. You can see their growth from the beginning to the end. And that's where I want people to realize is like, we're growing with you. We're in the middle. We're in the thick of it. We're not portraying to be something that we're really not though. So I have two things to say because, well, I guess it's, so we were talking about, you know, moving in silence, right? But then also sharing our growth publicly. And so I've had to really kind of find my sweet spot with things because I built my platforms being, and my Patreon and stuff being super authentic about like, this idea is coming in. I'm going to try and make this goal happen. I'm going to try and do this. I'm working for this. These are the ways that I'm navigating. And it put um, a lot of pressure on me because now I had spoken it out to people. So now people know that it's going to happen. And also things are always evolving. So if you share for me personally, if I share all of the ideas and things that are going to be unfolding, if something fall, falls through, then now you have put it out there publicly. So people are expecting this thing to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, there's not always this grace for Oh, well, things naturally, you know, unfold and in this way, then public can turn it into so something bad happens. So like an example, I was publicly talking about um, my podcast boxes for Coven of Rejects and, and partnering with a different shop for it with this girl shop. And we were both really excited about it and we both put it on our platforms. But then after we talked about the cost of it, both of us are like, wow, that's like a big financial investment now that we're actually breaking it down and starting to put it together. We'll go in a different direction. But publicly, it looks like we could have had a fallout. Something isn't happening with this box. It's different. And had we just held on to that idea and talked behind the scenes and figured out all of the details before publicizing it, it would just be different. And so I think that people finding like, find your happy balance with, yes, you're sharing things and you're being authentic, but also you are forming your complete thoughts. You are having a complete plan that you have already started executing and you know how that flow is going to be before you're putting it out there. And this goes, you know, we, you and I talk a lot about like business things, like making business moves. So that's a business move. But even in your real life, if you tell, you know, your parents that you're going to be going to school for your master's degree in A, B, C, and D, but then turns out that you can't actually get into that program because of whatever well, now you've got some kind of emotion, energy, negativity, whatever put on to you because now you're not following through on a goal when maybe it's not even your fault. You can't follow through on it. I think that there's a big difference between speaking intentions to the world and then maybe oversharing yeah. because I always always want to encourage people to put their intentions out there because the more you talk about it the more you tell people about it 
the more that you put it into the universe verbally, intentionally, spiritually, whatever, it's going to come to life in a different way. But I think that to add on what Gemini is saying is like, be flexible with how that's going to come to life because you may say something and be rigidly holding yourself to some crazy expectation that's not realistic. You know, of course we want to do certain things for our brands or we want to do certain things for our family or our friends, but be realistic. You know, if you know that you are not, super creative, but you want to throw a, a party for your kid and you want to make it look like this Pinterest party. Be realistic on how much of that you're going to be able to do yourself. Because there are do-it-all moms that can just literally look at a picture and do it. And I have a friend just like that. Like her daughter every year picks this crazy Halloween costume. Like she'll be like, I want to be Billie Eilish at the ACMA Awards. And like the outfit, like that's what she wants to be like the most random things. And this is a, this is a true statement. And my friend will literally order whatever it is and paint it, make it, sew it. It doesn't even matter. She does it. And she's so talented with it. But when I told her, like, you should take some of these ideas and like start an Etsy, you can literally have an art store that isn't her thing. She's like, I don't want to do marketing. I don't want to do social media. I don't want to do promotion. She has all of these beautiful talents, but she doesn't utilize those for the public. And that's okay. That doesn't make her any less talented. Honestly, whenever I ask her to paint me stuff, she's like, oh, I got you. When she could literally be charging, you know what I mean? But it's like, I don't talk shit to her or say like, you're not doing it right because you're not capitalizing on your gifts because that's her way of using them. She likes to make things for friends and family. She doesn't want to make it for Betty Sue in Idaho. You know, she wants to have the stuff that she wants to do and that's the way she wants to do it. And I think that like with the internet, it seems like it's easy to start a business or that it's easy to promote yourself or it's easy to do X, Y, Z. But when you turn into, you know, the person who's doing the financials, the investor, you're the face of the brand, you're doing all the marketing, you're doing all of the social media, like there's a lot that adds into that. And I just think that being more realistic with your goals and what you can physically accomplish on your own, rather than putting all kinds of imaginary pressure on yourself that really drains your inspiration. And that's what I've told people before. Like I would do XYZ if I had someone to help me do it. But whenever I have to physically get my hands in the mud and do everything from start to finish, I'm not as inspired. I don't feel as sexy and creative when I'm doing that. But when you're a small business or you're a small creator, you make things like that work. So I just want to remind everyone that like, if you're a go-getter and you have major goals, there is a methodical way to do that. And you don't have to be all in right now to show your commitment to the universe. Like you could literally don't like just do like an hour or two a day and still receive the rewards that someone who's doing 10 hours a day is getting because you're setting the frequency and you're matching that vibration that you want to attract. So know that it's about 90% of your energy and about 10% of your actions. It's going to equate the results that you're actually getting. And Small bits of effort get you to the finish line faster than putting forth a whole bunch of effort and then exhausting yourself and not being able to continue on. And I know that that is a huge lesson that you've helped me with since we started the podcast. And it's helped in a bunch of areas in my life is picking out smaller goals for myself and then resting in between things instead of having these large goals and never actually resting. Overworking yourself isn't working. Overworking yourself is exhausting yourself and then having to take all of these frequent, really long breaks because you're completely burnt out. And especially to anybody who has like, I know that for me, like having an underlying medical thing too, um, I used to work myself too hard because, oh, well, I'm feeling good right now. And then I would exhaust it and then be sick and have to take weeks off and be frustrated. And you, again, showed me that 
having smaller goals and seeing them through and resting myself ends up making more sense in the long wise and physically feels a whole lot better. Yeah. And I think that as humans, I call them utopian goals. Like we have all of these utopian goals. Like I can get all of this laundry done, like unrealistic goals for ourselves, And then we are upset when we don't meet those expectations or goals, which truly creates a energy of lack or an energy of, you know, not feeling good enough or not feeling inspired, which attracts more of that. So it's like, I like to reward myself. Like it could literally be like, I got up, I made coffee and I cleaned the coffee pot afterwards. Like I got everything ready, cleaned up the counter. That's a fucking goal because 92% people just got in their car and drove through a drive-thru and created plastic waste and trash that didn't need to be created because they didn't want to make their own coffee. And that's fine. If you drink plastic cups out of every day or whatever, like I'm, I'm currently drinking to go coffee and you can suck my dick. It was um very early when I had to take my kid to school. It was raining. I didn't have time for coffee. And I, you know what? It's not plastic. It's cardboard. Um, the lid says recyclable. It's got little leaves on it. Um, and, you know, coffee is coffee. You don't have to judge. I'm not judging, but I'm saying like, how often do you celebrate the fact that you got up and made coffee? You don't, you don't at all. The fact is, is like, you may go through the drive-thru and feel like you're rewarding yourself. But what about when you got up out of bed and made coffee too, is what I'm saying. Like, doesn't matter which way you do it. Some people hit Starbucks 17 times a week and that's your prerogative, but that's a lot of money. do you celebrate those little actions? Like I got up and I scooped the litter box and I made some coffee and I brushed my teeth and made my bed. Most people are like, that's just normal stuff I have to do. No, baby, that's human stuff that you don't actually have to do it because there's a lot of people who don't at all. And they become very unhappy because your environment is a reflection of your own energy. And what I'm saying is celebrate those little tasks that you do rather than only rewarding these big, tiresome, worrisome type tasks. Look at the little things that you've done today, whether it was like, okay, I cut the grass, took the dog out, I got the mail. All of that is stuff that you should be celebrating instead of making these large utopian goals that are the only ones that you deem worthy of celebration. It could literally be like you washed your hair and washed your ass today. And that's something to celebrate. I actually really do agree with that. And especially people who are out of their homes a lot. I feel like when you come back and you're exhausted after like a day of work or whatever, then, you know, you fill the dishwasher and you're like, oh, like I didn't vacuum today. I don't, I don't ever have the time to like keep my house clean or whatever it is. Well, you just filled up the dishwasher after you just had a hella long day. And then tomorrow, maybe you're going to tackle vacuuming or whatever. So I agree with what you say. And I think that um, that can be motivating too for setting more small goals for yourself so that you can have that like feeling of accomplishment. And um, what's the word for when you like, not accomplishment, but when um, you're feeling like you've like made yourself proud fulfillment the fulfillment that you feel from doing the small task really will give you the momentum to elevate into those bigger tasks like I love hyping myself up like look at you doing the human stuff Because I promise you, there's so many people who are like, nope, not cleaning. Nope, I'm going to live in filth. No, I'll stink. No, fuck those clothes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've all been behind someone at a theme park or wherever that just is not up to par on their body conditions because they're just neglecting themselves. And that's because they see things like taking care of themselves as a task rather than something that you are uh, like, rewarding yourself for 
Ew. And then they're washing their dirty fucking coochie in the water that all the children are waiting in because they can't just go home and scrub their buttholes with some soap. I'm not here for it. That analogy just gave me mental images and people do be funky. Um, when I lived in Montana, they used to have the rainbow festival, which is like, I, I guess it's like a hippie gathering. Um, but I did cashiering and there would be people who would come through that line and smell like rotting corpses walking. And my mental mindset is just like, you would see some of these women pregnant and I'm like, so y'all are just combining your nasty unwashed genitals, reproducing life with that shit. Like I just, there has to be something wrong with a baby that's formed out of filth. That's all I'm saying. Honestly, I love <laughs> that analogy because a dirty house actually will drain your bank account. Like they say your mm -hmm. bathroom is a reflection of your bank account mm -hmm. in feng shui the art of feng shui, like setting your home up to be in flow. It's basically encouraging that you need to pull whatever's out in the corners, like monthly and vacuum behind that. That's a mm -hmm. representation of your consciousness. If there's dust bunnies and little hairballs from the dogs and cats floating around behind everything, that's a reflection of your internal world. And I think the car is also a reflection of your external world, Meaning that if you treat your car poorly, like it's dirty inside and out, that's going to be a reflection of what you're attracting into your life because the car represents movement. Like those are the moves that you're making and they're not good. People are always like, Paige is obsessed with her car. Paige won't do this. Paige won't do that. Yeah. Cause I used to have a car that I treated like shit. And every other day I was getting in a fender bender, letting that thing run out of gas. Like it did not matter. But then I look back and that's a reflection of how I was treating myself, running myself on E, running myself down, treating myself poorly, constantly mm -hmm. on the go, but not taking care of my basic needs, like an oil change or a car wash or vacuuming out your car, whatever it is. So I don't say these things as like a judgment way, because like I also used to treat my car poorly, but now I treat my car like a five-star golden princess because I want to be treated like a five-star golden princess. You know, like I treat things as a reflection of how I want to be treated. So now I constantly am making sure that like my laundry is taken care of. Things are taken care of because when you walk past that dirty pile of clothes, you are bringing in lower vibration into your life because you'll think I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to do that. Every time you think I need to do that, you could be thinking about something else and directing that energy outward into something more productive rather than letting your subconscious just constantly remind you of all the things you need to do, but you have zero energy to do them. And I think that's why I ended up following your example of doing house cleaning of like having somebody come in that's able to help with house cleaning, whether it's done by trade or it's done by hiring somebody or whatever. I think that if you're not able to do the things that you need to do in order to make sure that your mental health and your physical health feels good and you need to have somebody else come in and help with that. There's a reason that people, I'm over here pointing with a Sharpie. There are uh, reasons that there are people that do those types of jobs because they help people with those things. So for me, it is more helpful for me to hire somebody to then make my, you know, do the touch up, make sure there's not dust bunnies and things, make sure that like everything's sanitized in my house or whatever, things that maybe I can't get to. And I think we put this, well, I didn't do it myself. So I failed at it as opposed to you reached out, you used a resource, you got help with something, you helped somebody else because now you've put money or energy or whatever it is into their pocket to come and do something for you. And so it still ends up being an energy rotation. You're still getting something done and helping not only yourself, but probably other people by doing that also. Yeah. And you actually step into your highest vibration when things are getting done, regardless of how they got done. It's yeah. like, would you rather have wasted that energy yelling at your husband and kids and creating a 
you know, a, a turmoil situation in your home rather than just being like, you know what, my husband works, my kid's at school, and I can personally take care of this without actually having to lift a finger. Why not utilize my energy and my time towards my craft or towards things that make me happy, that bring in abundance, that I can recirculate to someone who does this? And that's what I always tell people. Like, the average person, if you're really going to deep clean your house on a monthly basis, like that's seven to 10 hours, period. And that's excluding laundry. Like that is just seven to 10 hours, like actually cleaning your bathrooms, actually cleaning and scrubbing the walls in the shower. Like is seven to 10 hours a month, something that's going to be doable, or are you going to push it out to 30 minutes here and there? Because if you did that once a month, deep clean, you don't need to do a bunch of little stuff every week. It's just, you know, odd and in pickups, but it's like, why not pay someone who does that for a living where it would normally take me 10 hours. It takes them three and a half. Yeah. Like the math is there are six hours on the table that I could utilize for self-care, for the gym, for my business, for a nap, for things that refill my cup. Meanwhile, I'm paying something paying for something that makes my life easier. So now I'm putting food on someone else's table because I'm circulating my abundance and I'm coming home to a clean house. It's a win-win. Like I got a home or a house cleaner like three years ago and I will never go back. Like I'm using a different cleaner now, but if you can find someone that you're on the same page with and that you can trust, it's worth $20, $30 an hour, because I promise you, it does not matter when you come home to a clean house that you did not clean. There is nothing like it. It's, it's literally the most magnificent feeling when you come home and everything is taken care of. I, yes, I didn't know what that felt like because so when we talked about it before, but like when you told me that you had a house cleaner, my mind, right? Because I've never known anybody that just had a house cleaner. Turns out after talking to people about house cleaners, more people have them than talk about it. But I just thought it was something bougie. And I was like, damn, like she has somebody go in and like clean her house for her. Like, not that it was a judgment on you because I thought that was fucking dope. But I was just thinking for myself, like, who would that bitch be having somebody like come in my house and clean it for me? And it's, amazing I can't even tell you like looking at your stove and being like damn somebody else really got the grease spots off that for me dang um you know that toilet is extra shiny wow somebody else was able to polish out that stain in my bathtub like what it ends up being amazing and you do you walk around your house and and it's amazing to me the things that I think would be clean until I see somebody professionally clean it. And then I'm like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Well, the thing for me is like when you grow up, depending on your mother, your father, whoever you lived with and how they clean is kind of what you're taught. Like, you know what I mean? Like to yeah. me, my dad, like cleaning for my dad is like running the vacuum cleaner and loading the dishwasher. Like if those two things are good, he's good. But over time, he's one of those people that like he'll pay to get something redone, like get a bathroom redone. And then 10 years go by and it looks exactly like it used to because he takes it as like, oh, it's clean. And then just gradually, gradually over time gets dirty and nasty again and it's like you can rip things out and start fresh every 10 years but wouldn't it be nice if you just kept up the maintenance kind of like when you get a car it blows my mind people that are like well I just don't know how my tire blew out well because you need a new tire six months ago or because you know you've patched that baby 14 times and now it's done but the thing for me is like just as a female who doesn't want to have car issues I pay attention to like what my tires look like, or, you know, like I check them. Like I make sure there's no screws or nails. I'm not going to be out on the expressway and check it when I'm on the side of the road. I'm going to check it from the comforts of my driveway. But a lot of people, it's just dependent on what you're taught. Like my mom has blown several cars up in her lifetime. My dad prefers cars made before 2000 because he likes an older vehicle and he takes care of them and they look new. 
but it's like, there's two different kinds of people, the people that would rather just keep replacing it or the people who take care of it and make it last. And I feel like I'm in between that. Like I want things to be taken care of, but I also don't want to use them forever. But then again, I want to make sure that when I do rehome or get rid of something that it's still useful. Like I Mm -hmm. don't just break it all the way down. And I feel like your home is going to be a reflection of how you treat yourself and your boundaries. Because if you allow yourself to sleep in the same sheets and never wash your comforter and, you know, running on thin, never got clean socks, never got this and that, that's going to be your consciousness. You're going to be at work like, damn, I got mismatched socks on. I got this dirty, you know, bra on or like whatever. And that's going to be a reflection of your energetic blueprint for that whole day so it's like being prepared and being on top of your shit sets you up for success like those people in traffic on Monday that are like rushing that's because they were up late and they didn't get any of their stuff ready for work so now they're late Mm -hmm. and now they're mad at you and they're being an asshole in traffic or you know the person that was on time had a beautiful outfit on had their coffee wasn't late like the energy is different than the person who's rushing in missed the morning coffee got a flat tire on the way but all of that is truly a reflection of the energy they're putting out so if you find yourself constantly having setbacks like that like whether it's a flat tire or you're always running late or you're this and that check your surroundings How is that a reflection of what you're living and breeding in? And um, on the taking care of things that you have too. So my Nana and my mom have always been huge on teaching me that you respect and take care of the things that you already have, even if it's an old version of something or it's a hand-me-down whatever. Um, A big one for me has been like furniture inside of our house because when, you know, my husband and I first got together and started getting our own places and whatnot, because I've been with him since I was 19, um, all of our furniture was like hand-me-down furniture. And I would make comments about like, I don't want to have like hand-me-down stuff. I want, you know, to have things that are new to me and new energy and whatever. My mom would always be like, you have to appreciate the things that you have and that you have them because that's when you get new things. And when you learn how to appreciate the things, then you will have nice things for a longer period of time. Because even if you have something that's nice, if you're not appreciative of that thing, you will run it down and it will look used and old and... I've really lived by that and taught, you know, Mac that too. I won't replace the dresser that he has because one of the drawers is broken, but he always complains about it. Always complains about his drawer being broken instead of figuring out how to use the other four drawers when he has plenty of room in them. I'm not going to replace that for you until you have an appreciation for the fact that you have four working drawers. And if that means you don't get a new dresser until you're 16, well, you've still got a functional dresser. So go you. The thing for me is like, I have never had a matching bedroom suit. Like I have never, even as a child, been taken to a furniture store and been like, pick things out ever. I've never had anything that completely matched. And honestly, I think that people that are so caught up on aesthetics are normally not that fucking happy because I see these maximalist houses that are just beautifully decorated with things that they got at garage sales and estate sales. And I find that when you have the energy of like, I'm going to make this work, it's going to work for me and it's going to be great for what I need. The universe matches that. Like what you put out there truly has to be in alignment with what you want to attract and focusing on the one thing that's not working versus focusing on the 95 things that do work. And that's what I tell my clients. How often do you thank your lungs for breathing during this entire episode? Like never once did you think, oh my God, I need to breathe or I need to, I need to think about breathing. No, you're just breathing. But did you ever thank your lungs for that? No, but the first time you're sick or you're coughing or this or that, you're like, I just can't wait to feel better because you're only focused on the negative aspect that now you're sick. But if you honored your vessel throughout when you are healthy and when you are, you know, living your best life, 
you would have more days where you feel healthy and in alignment. And it's literally so much about what the people around you do. And a lot of our ancestors and our boomer mom and dads, they treated their shit like hell, like a fucking garage sale and everything needed to be donated. They were just like, screw it. We're not treating ourselves well. We're going to work all the time, be drained, yell at our kids and be mad at the world. And then we continue that cycle of neglecting our own personal needs. And that's what I want to remind everyone. It's like, when you neglect your car, you're neglecting yourself. When you neglect your duties, no matter how exhausted you are, you're neglecting yourself. And honestly, your environment is the reason that you're waking up tired. Like it would almost be better if you're exhausted all the time to stay up late and just completely knock out everything that you would need to do. Like while your kids are asleep, maybe you don't do it all in one night, but like knocking down the list of the core reasons that you're stressed can help you create an environment where you can be abundant. Yeah, that's why so many moms will talk about how they do cleanup after their kids are asleep or whatever. And it's also, you know, if you are trying to do those things during the day, it's almost like you are going to just running yourself crazy because the messes are going to keep on piling up and whatever, as opposed to if everybody else is calm and sleeping, that can be, it doesn't even have to be considered a chore. I know that for me, if I do things when my kid is asleep, I can turn a show on while I'm doing it. I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to a meditation. I can feel like I am doing something to recharge myself while also taking care of my space. So adjusting your mindset, even while you're doing that too, instead of being like, I'd like to be sitting on the couch right now, just finally being able to relax. But here I am doing, you know, the fucking dishes. Well, yeah, you get to do the dishes in silence. Your kid is asleep. You're going to wake up. Your kitchen's going to be clean in the morning. You're going to be so fucking happy when you walk downstairs or walk into your kitchen or whatever it is. I think uh, you all can look this up, but I think kitchens are the representation of your productivity. So if your kitchen's always a mess, I think... It's something to do with productivity, but every room in your home represents something in reflection of your energy. And if you find yourself always tired, probably should look at like rotating your sheets and getting a new comforter, getting new pillows, you know, these small investments. Like I went and got two new pillows the other day. I did not need them, but they were $17.99 for two pillows. You spend more at Starbucks or Chick-fil-A than two new pillows. And I just think that we don't put our priorities in the places that benefit our mental construct, not even just our mental health, our physical and spiritual health is affected by our environment. Like we all know someone who lives in filth. And when you go to their house, how you feel, you feel on edge. You feel like you can't sit down. You feel like there's nowhere to sit down. There's cups and glasses everywhere. You don't know what's clean, what's dirty. There's bugs there's a smell. Whatever Whose house are you going to? We've all been at a house like that. I mean, we've all been there, but funky. Not anymore. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, we all know how it feels to go into a space like that. Like, we don't feel welcomed or invited. So it doesn't make it a difference if it's your filth or their filth. And what's dirty to you and what's dirty to them could be two different things. But you've got to find that happy momentum and your equilibrium where it's like this is a safe space for me when you come home to your home it should feel inviting you shouldn't instantly go to the list of things that you need to do now that you're home that's why you're not resting that's why your cup is not full because we're constantly putting all these rules regulations and obstacles in our path rather than showing up to meet the obstacle we're drained. We're already drained. And a lot of that is out of our control. Like, you know, not everyone can just quit the job that they hate. Like they have responsibilities, there's insurance, there's family, there's schools, all of that involved. But the one thing you can control is your fucking space in your bathroom, in your home, in your kitchen, and how you treat those things. How often do people pull everything out of their refrigerator and clean it? Well, I'll tell you right now, I have a house cleaner. So like every other month she does that for me. If I did that on my own, 
baby, that shit was in there for years. I ain't never pulled none of it out. So don't act like that. I'm just, I'm so bougie that I do this now. No, I'm just saying like, it feels good to write a list out that says, I want my refrigerator deep cleaned, or I want on top of my cabinets cleaned, or, you know, there was a junk drawer in my bathroom and a bunch of cabinets. And I was like, Hey, could you organize those? She found stuff I didn't even know was in there because I just keep piling stuff in it where she organized it and is unbiased. She even made a pile of what the fucks, like, what is all this? This doesn't go in there, go through it, you know? And we as humans are going to be stuck in our ways. So what we want to challenge you all is to look at all the ways that your environment is a reflection of your energy, how that is pouring over or draining you and how you can help elevate. I know I've seen this online. It's like, why don't I ever have any girlfriends that want to come over and help me deep clean? Like, I'm sure you have friends that you could like cook dinner and get some wine and they would come over and help you organize your pantry or organize your bathroom. I mean, I'm sure people don't want to scrub your toilets, but I'm talking like organization at a core level is the reason for messes. Like if it doesn't have a place, it's going to be in the way. And I just feel like get creative, like once a month, every, every friend comes over and we all rotate, you know what I mean? And go to someone else's house. Like there's so many creative ways that you can make the hard stuff fun mm -hmm. and enjoy it while you're doing it. And I think that, you know, like Jim and I said, oh, wow, Paige has a house cleaner. That's bougie because your first thought is that's bougie, but it's not. Yeah. It's a literal fucking necessity. And I personally could spend money on anything, but I'd rather spend money on my peace and my harmony and like my zone. My house cleaner doesn't do my laundry. She doesn't change my sheets unless I have them there ready for her, then she will. But it's like, I have split the duties where it's like, I do the laundry and things that I have to do. And she does all this other stuff. And it feels so good to have that but it's not like oh she's coming in two weeks I'm just gonna leave all these dishes here for nine days like no you have to continuously play your role but then know where to designate other things to other people and not so well, and you know if you're going to somebody's house and you're noticing like wow, their house like seems messy or whatever having these conversations and letting people know that like all of the things that we've been talking about today. I never would have even thought about having a housekeeper help if you hadn't mentioned that you do that and we hadn't had these types of conversations. So if you guys listen to episodes like this and you're like, wow, and you are thinking right at the top of your brain, oh, well, I know Brittany's house be having cups everywhere and it's never clean and yada, yada, yada. Then maybe going over to fucking Brittany's house and helping Brittany clean up and then talking to her about, you know, readjusting energy in her life and doing this and why, you know, keeping up with things is helpful and, and using your energy to help and give, you know, options and insight maybe that would be helpful. Not everybody knows that like, again, it's, it's how you're raised, right? If somebody is raised inside of a cluttered space and messy house, they are used to that energy. And if nobody ever tells them or talks to them about something different, they don't know. And I would rather be told about these options and be able to do things for myself and change my mindset so that when these things come up. My first mindset isn't, wow, that's bougie. It's damn, look at her doing what she has to do to make sure that her mental health feels in order, that her health is in order, that she's bringing abundance in. Also, um, there's, if you leave your toilet seats up, then like the lid open, then it said that that, um, has money go down your, your toilet. And so, uh, closing your toilet lid and closing the door to your bathroom makes it so that your money isn't going down the drain. Yes, the money is definitely associated with the bathroom. So for everyone that's like, holy shit, my bathroom is a mess. We're not judging you, but you should definitely make it a priority, especially if you feel like your finances are not in order. You don't feel like you have like extra spending money. That's definitely one place to look. Another thing about that is like 
no one is judging you as much as you judge yourself. And if you go in your bathroom and every time you're like, oh, it's so filthy in here. It's so filthy in here. Like if you think that more than three times a week, I would just consider looking at your options of like, what can I do to fix this? How can I stop putting this pressure on myself and alleviate that pressure? And some people think like, oh no, I can handle it. But like maybe before you had a child, you could handle it. Or maybe before you started working full time, X, Y, Z, like why keep the chains of pressure around your ankles if you can loosen those a little bit because in different phases of our life we require different things and boxing yourself in to be like oh no that's bougie or my mom would never approve of that Mm -hmm. or my dad would never support that or whatever instead Mm -hmm. of letting those thoughts make your decisions how about we look at what's best for you and what works for you I mean for instance my dad his mailbox kept getting like hit by drivers and like drunk drivers. And he replaced it like three times in one year. And a mailbox, I mean, they're like four or $500 every time you do that. Like it's not cheap. So he he just decided he would take it out, fill it in with dirt and get a PO box. So now that he doesn't have a, a mailbox, all of his spam mail or random mail has now found my home. And it comes addressed to him at my home, even though he's never fucking lived here. And I wrote him the other day and I was like, I've got mail for you. And he was like, why? And I was like, I guess because they can't find your mailbox. So they just redirect it to my mailbox. I don't know. But like the thing was the mailbox was stressing him out. He was spending on average of a thousand dollars a year on new mailboxes. So to counter react that he said fuck it we'll remove the mailbox and you have to know when is enough because now all that junk mail is now coming to me there's nothing I can do about it so all that junk mail coming to you well we love you all thank you for everything and listening to us here in Candyland. we'll see you next time bye bye